0: let <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 8th episode of the Anatomy & Physiology On The Go podcast, the podcast intended to provide you with brief, important big picture ideas and concepts in the realm of human anatomy and physiology. I am your host, Gilda Harris, and I am a professor at St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you are made aware of all the newest content that I create. Without further ado, let's get started on the next episode. Today's episode on anatomy and physiology on the go podcast will cover two of the four major macromolecules. Macromolecules are very large molecules important to biological processes. Macromolecules are made up of smaller molecules, called monomers. There are four major categories of macromolecules that we will discuss. They are carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, and nucleic acids. Again, carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, and nucleic acids. The macromolecules that I just listed are all organic compounds. That means that they are made up of carbons, hydrogens and usually oxygens that are covalently bonded. Please recall in episode 3 of this podcast that covalent bonds are formed when atoms share electrons. In this episode, I will talk about proteins and nucleic acids. Please refer to episode 7 for the discussion about carbohydrates and lipids. Proteins are the most abundant and important organic molecules in our bodies. They're important for support, for moving things, transporting things in our bodies, regulating our pH as buffers, controlling our metabolism by acting as enzymes, coordinating through hormones, and helping us defend outside pathogens. As organic compounds, proteins are carbons and hydrogens, but they also contain oxygen and nitrogen. Proteins are made up of little things called amino acids. There are 20 different amino acids and their different combinations lead to a variety of different proteins. All amino acids have the same appearance, aside from one variable chain that is attached to make them each unique. When you link two amino acids together through the process of dehydration synthesis, you form a peptide bond. Please refer to episode 3 about my discussion on dehydration synthesis. When you add more amino acids, then you start to form a polypeptide and eventually a protein depending on how many amino acids you link together. Proteins have unique structures which can be described in four increasingly complex ways. The primary structure is just a list of amino acids written down in a row. As those amino acids get nearer to one another, they start to form a weak hydrogen bond between neighboring amino acids and the proteins start to spiral or form a sheet. This is its secondary structure. Again, please refer to episode 3 as a refresher on hydrogen bonds. As the protein continues to twist and turn it eventually coils and folds into a larger tertiary structure. The final form of a protein, a.k.a. a quaternary structure, occurs when multiple polypeptide chains come together. Some important proteins that you may have heard of include insulin, hemoglobin, immunoglobulins, and collagen. As we move further into these episodes, you will hear about a variety of proteins. Keep in mind how vitally important they are to our everyday living. Before we move on to the next topic, I'd like to mention one more thing. Remember how I mentioned that a secondary structure of proteins are due to hydrogen bonds? Hydrogen bonds are relatively weak and can be broken. This makes proteins highly sensitive to change, especially changes in temperature and pH. If you have a fever above 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius, then your proteins start to get damaged. This is bad and the reason why anyone with a high fever is considered very sick. This damage is called denaturing. In addition, blood pH is very important to our bodies. We have a number of compensatory means through our lungs and kidneys to maintain pH homeostasis. But if something goes wrong, proteins will begin to suffer and we can't last long without our proteins. Our final macromolecule topic is nucleic acids. Nucleic acids are large macromolecules found in the nucleus that store and process information. We'll start talking about the nucleus soon. There are two major types of nucleic acids, DNA and RNA. DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. DNA is what determines the characteristics that we inherit. It controls the making of our proteins, and it controls the enzymes that are in our body, and it controls our metabolism. And then you have RNA. RNA is ribonucleic acid and is intermediary in the process of making proteins. For protein synthesis, the big picture is going from DNA to RNA, from RNA to making protein. DNA and RNA are very similar. Both contain large chains of nucleotides. In DNA the nucleotides contain a sugar called deoxyribose along with a phosphate group and a nitrogenous base. In RNA the nucleotides contain a sugar called ribose along with a phosphate group and a nitrogenous base. It is not just the sugar that differs between DNA and RNA but also the types of nitrogenous bases. DNA uses four nitrogenous bases known as adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine. RNA also uses the first three, adenine, guanine, cytosine, but instead of thymine, RNA uses uracil. To keep it brief, DNA has a sugar called deoxyribose and uses thiamine exclusively. RNA has a sugar called ribose and uses uracil exclusively. DNA has a twisted double helix composed of two complementary strands of nitrogenous bases, hydrogen bonded to one another. These two strands mirror one another. If one strand has an adenine, then the other strand has a thymine. If one has cytosine, the other has guanine. This is the only way that the nitrogenous bases pair together. A with T and C with G. During protein synthesis the two strands of DNA helix split and one is used as a template to make RNA. Since RNA does not use thiamine, all the thiamines are replaced with uracil so the cytosine from DNA makes a guanine on the RNA. A thiamine on the DNA makes an adenine on the RNA but adenine on the DNA does not make a thymine on the RNA. RNA does not use thymine, instead it will use uracil. Tricky, tricky. The RNA then goes through a number of steps until a protein is finally made. This transition where you go from DNA to RNA is called transcription and where you transition from RNA to protein it's called translation. Well, that's macromolecules. Very important, but also very dry. Please don't be scared. Follow this podcast and you'll see that it'll get juicier as we move forward. See you next time.